uh, I've learned, uh, my kids were talking about, we're talking the other night about, uh, you know, how long I preach. They always talk about that. <laughs> and, um, and they know, you know, they notice I've kind of lowered it down. I've shortened it a little, a little bit. Some of y'all knew, y'all like, man, you preach a long time. No, y'all don't know long time. <laughs> Carlita, you shake it, you're like, see, you used to be here, you know you back. It's, it's, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It's different. Amen. I could put in two and a half hours and, and not drink any water. And then do a beef service. And, um, but you know, if you pull, that's just how it goes. But what I've learned, I learned this from uh, one man of God who said that uh, there's only so much that your backside can handle. Literally, your backside. You've been sitting a long time. If we, you know, unless we get up and take a break and walk around. And, and some of y'all do that. Some of y'all go and take a break and everything. Bring a sandwich. <laughs> you got your little lunch box and everything. <laughs> whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. Amen. Let's get into the word of God tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 1, please. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Welcome back to Elder Baker and Sister Baker. And we was out preaching this weekend. I know y'all had a good time and you imparted something great to that church there. And welcome all of you back who've been traveling over the weekend. Good to see you. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Are you there? Okay, we're going to read again verses 8 through 12. All right, let's read together. Ready? Read. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Verse 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day, until that day. Again, the first part of this in down in verse uh, 9, I wanted to look at that again. It says, uh, who has saved us? This is God has saved us and called us with what? A holy, a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own what? Purpose and, and purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So I want to talk tonight again on part two of this purpose and grace. Father, thank you tonight for uh, the opportunity we have to spend this time in your word. I pray for each person that's gathered here. We have already, already declared that we are good ground. And so because we're good ground and we know that your word is always a good word, there will be a spiritual transaction that happens tonight, Father, a deposit made into our spirit that will, Lord, that, that, that will produce something great on the inside of us so that, Lord, in this coming year, you can begin to manifest and birth, Lord, those things you place inside of us, Lord, to be a blessing to this entire nation and this whole world. Now speak, Lord, tonight for your servants we hear and we intend to obey. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen and amen. All right, take your seats tonight. Purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Amen. All right, now, uh, we've been talking about this time that we're living in. This is a, a glorious time. 
In fact, Pastor Derber talked about a few weeks ago, uh, perilous times and glorious times. How many of you agree according to, second, to uh, First Timothy that there are, these are perilous times? But then the, uh, we know these are also for the body of Christ, glorious times. Many of you went through high school, you read uh, a book called The Tale of Two Cities, you remember that? And it starts out talking about it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. In other words, simultaneously there were two, two uh, different times or, or, or conditions going on. Well, so for the, for the world, it's perilous times. You read the newspaper, you watch the news, and you just know it's perilous times. You don't want to be caught up in that out there. But for us, these are glorious times. Amen? Everybody say these are glorious times. Glory to God. Uh, while we were praying this morning uh, in, in our corporate prayer, uh, intercessory prayer, we, this scripture came to me, uh, and I want to read it, Proverbs 15, 23. Proverbs 15, 23. And uh, it says this, y'all are looking for it, it's in the book of Proverbs, right after the book of Psalms, right before Ecclesiastes, okay? But it's on the screen. It says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. A word spoken in due season, what? So there, God always gives a word for a season. You understand? So there are things that God revealed uh, 50 years ago, things God revealed 100 years ago, things that God revealed uh, 500 years ago, if you, if you believe that, if you, if you can believe it, and he did. Things he revealed in the first century that were due for that season to equip the people of God with what they needed for that season to handle and manage what was going on then. But it says a word spoken in due season, how good it is. So in this season, there must be a this season word. We need a right now word. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person as a pastor where I pray that whenever people even come in, you know, we got people coming to minister here in this church here over the next few weeks. Uh, my prayer is always God giving them a right now word for this house. I don't want some canned message. I know they've preached all over the country and all that kind of stuff, but I don't want that. I want, I want a word tailor-made for us. You understand? And that's what we need in this season. It's, it's 2018, and we need a 2018 word. Am I right about it? In fact, if you, if you have a decent Bible, there's a little number one or some note above the phrase in due season, and my center column reference says in its time. So, a, and a word spoken in its time. In other words, that, that's what it literally means. It literally means in its time. So, every word has a time, and every time requires a word. Well, that's a whole lot better than y'all are letting on. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what prophecy is all about. That's what prophetic utterance is all about. That's what prophetic preaching is all about. It's not some can, you know, Mary had a little lamb message. It's got to be a, a word that is, that is appropriate for this season to equip and empower the people of God for them to move out in what God has for them in this season. This is the Wednesday night crowd, right? All right. I don't want to go over your head. That seemed like that was just normal talk. I wasn't talking too deep. Amen. All right. So I believe, I believe. You can argue with me, but I believe that God is giving us the word for this season. Y'all don't praise the Lord. 
Well, we can preach ABCs, one, two, threes if you want to. But ABCs, one, two, threes, and he's Campbell Soup Good is not really going to help you right now with fulfilling the purpose that God has for you in this season. Are you hearing that? So we, I believe, I really believe this is the word for this season. Amen? Now, with that, we've been talking about um, the set time for God's plans and purposes. Everybody say set time. Set time. So God has plans and purposes in the earth, and every plan of God, um, according to Ecclesiastes uh, 3 and 1, to everything there's a, uh, a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. So every purpose of God has a set time. Remember I, I showed you, this is just a little bit of review here, that things you want to have and do, and do, you can do this anytime by faith. Right? But when it's God's purpose, something God has spoken to you, something God has imparted uh, to you that he wants to bring out, you can't bring that forth anytime you want to. It's in God's time. God is orchestrating everything. He's been orchestrating everything from the time he said, let there be. To now, he's been orchestrating every single thing on this planet. Y'all got it? So uh, he has an appropriate time, and I believe we're in a set time for God's plan. And, and uh, what, we, what we started talking about Sunday was that whenever those particular times come for a particular purpose, then God must also bring along something called a grace or grace to come upon his people so that they can fulfill his will in, in this generation. One of the songs I, I was, I was uh, uh, Monday, I spent uh, a little bit of time, just a Garrett, uh, watching uh, videos on YouTube, and I was looking for uh, video presentations of a charge to keep I have. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it. I, 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 just, I wanted to sing it. I wanted to, I would, because you know, we preached on Sunday about, about purpose and grace and about your calling. Some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. Y'all, you remember, hey, Charles. Oh, hey, Charles. Right, right, right. That's a, a charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, who gave his son my soul to save. And those aren't the original words. And fit it for the sky. To serve this present age, my calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all, oh, may it all, my power engage to do my master's will. May it all, my power. Some of y'all, thank you, Jesus, thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for waking us up this morning. My bed was not my cooling board, my sheet was not my winding shield. Somebody say, my tongue was not cleaved to the roof of my mouth. Right, right. You went all the way to heaven. The weary will be at rest. The wicked will cease from trouble. 
Praise the Lord. But, 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 now that, you know, there's a, there's a, the original version of that song didn't go like that. That, that's the Negro version of that song. The original song was written by, by uh, Charles Wesley, John's, John Wesley's brother. John Wesley is the one who founded the Methodist Church. And uh, they, were, they uh, were fulfilling God's will and were catching a lot of flack from the Church of England. The Church of England was coming down on them because they were introducing this new doctrine. And uh, the Church of England didn't like it. They were being persecuted, jailed, and all that kind of stuff. And so they, uh, Charles Wesley wrote that song. A charge to keep I have. In other words, said, I have to do this. Persecute me, imprison me, but I have to do this. I got a calling to fulfill. See, that's where. And they singing something like, A charge to keep I have. A God to. You see, some of y'all know that. To glorify. And then if you were Pentecostal like I was, see, I wasn't Baptist, but I had a little Baptist friend. We sang it like this. A charge to keep I have. A charge to keep I have. A charge to keep I have. Oh, a God to glorify. See, all right, now y'all can. Okay. So. But I, I, wanted, I wanted the Baptist hymn number 454. That's the one I short me. That's the one I wanted. Just to listen to it and just really to, to remind myself, stir myself up. There's a calling on my life. That's what we preached on Sunday. There's a calling on your life. And you have a calling to fulfill. So man, all my power engage to do my master's will. So we can't be caught up in our own will, our own agenda, and forget we are here to do our master's will. Praise the Lord. So what happens when we're doing our master's will, when we're in his purpose, in his timing, then the, a grace comes on us to accomplish that will. Praise the Lord. I, 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 we gave you Isaiah 40. Uh, Isaiah 14. Let's look at that real quick. Isaiah 14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, verse 24. Isaiah 14 and verse 24. And uh, it says this. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, surely, that's how he says it, as I have thought, so it shall come to pass, and as I have purposed, so it shall stand. So whatever God says, whatever God thinks, whatever he uh, purposes is going to happen. Okay? Verse 27 says, for the Lord of hosts has purposed it. And who will annul it? Or who can, who can end it? His hand is stretched out and who will turn it back? So whenever God starts moving, nobody can stop God. And nothing can stop God. There's no legislation that can stop God. There's no administration that can stop God. There's no government that can stop God. There's no devil in hell that can stop God. And so if we understand then that we, oh, thank you, Lord. We are involved, in fact, we are integral to the purpose of God. Then when he is moving and stretching forth his hand for us in our lives, then there's nothing that can stop us. No legislation, no administration, no government, no devil in hell can stop us. 
and it can't stop God from doing what he wants to do in your life because you are, he's not just doing what he wants to do in your life just to bless you. He's doing what he wants to do in your life because you are part of the overall plan. And, and I, I believe that that's what God is trying to get us to understand in this day, that we're not just some individuals walking around here, Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. That's not what it's all about. It's about God. What is your will in this earth? And show me my place in it. And so once I see my place in it, then I know there's a grace that will come on me to flow in that. I'll show you some things tonight in the word of God. All right? Now. So this is an appointed time for manifestation. Everybody say appointed time. So what God is showing me is that this grace is upon us for, remember, there's a word spoken in due season. And it's time. So there's a word for this time, and then there's a grace for this time. And the grace for us in this time is so, so not just so we can cope with uh, whatever things are going on. The grace is on us to overcome what's going on. In fact, the grace is on us to handle it. Everybody say to handle it. To handle it. Tell your neighbor, you can handle this. All this mess you see out here, you can handle it. And I don't just mean you can cope with it. I ain't losing my mind. No, no, no. You are not put here to cope with it. You're put here to handle it. See, remember, you weren't born in 1492. If you were born in 1492, there would have been a word for you in 1492 and a grace for you in 1492 to handle what was going on in that time. Glory to God. That, really, can I tell you something? That's the word and grace that came to Christopher Columbus. So we're talking. Because, because the word that came to him, why he was so adamant about making that sail around the world, was because he read in Isaiah about God sitting upon the circle of the earth. They, see, they didn't teach you this in school. Because he read about God sitting upon the circle of the earth. Remember, they thought, just like Kyrie Irving thought, that the earth was flat. Bless his darling heart. He's finally come around. They thought the world was flat. They told him, Christopher, you got there and you start selling, you're going to fall off the, off the edge. He kept saying, no, I'm not. Well, how do you know that? He said, because I saw in the book of Isaiah where the Bible says that God sits on the circle of the earth. So he got a word and a revelation and a wisdom for that time and then grace came on him to make the sale. Now, I'm not going to argue whether he was the first one to discover and all that. I'm just talking about, but we know he made the sale. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? So, so for you and me today, there's a word for us today that will change things that are going on today and if we'll go ahead and set sail if we'll go ahead and release that shore and launch out into the deep then there'll be a grace on us to accomplish what God has given us in this hour in this season can you say amen to that glory to God so what's on us is to restore this is a time remember uh Acts 3.21 talks about the restoration of all things, right? Jesus Christ must, he's received, he's being held back, the Bible says, in other translations, that same verse, in heaven until the times of restoration of all things. And here we are now at the times of restoration of all things. Am I right? And so then the word then for this season must be a 
restorative word. And the grace then must be a restorative grace. You got it? So then, so then we are called to restore everything. Okay, let me just give, give a simple example. Uh, if you don't know your assignment, if you don't know your purpose yet. Well, if somebody's sick, right, and you lay hands on them and they recover, you have just restored them. See, some of y'all already have operated in this before. If somebody is, not, is unsaved and they receive Jesus Christ, they have just been restored. See, this is the, uh, the word and the grace that is on us. See, now y'all are saying, well, they've always done it. No, they haven't. No, no, we haven't. The body of Christ hasn't always done this. They did it in the first, first century church. But for centuries, it went away from the body of Christ. There was nobody laying hands on the sick. There was nobody casting out devils. There was nobody doing these things. Just going to church, if they could. But in this hour, in this time, are y'all hearing me tonight? In this hour, in this time, this is the word and the grace for this hour. It's to restore all things. So we can wrap this whole thing up in Jesus Christ and go ahead and come back. Amen? Amen. We're not part of the escape generation. We're part of the restoration generation. See, many of our people before us, they were hoping that Jesus comes for them to just escape. That's why you have people say, hey, Jesus Christ, he's coming, you know, on January 17, 19, you know, 85, and they gather on the mountains. Some of y'all, some of y'all may not remember that. I remember those because I've been in church my whole life. Man, there'd always be this. Somebody come out every two or three years. Hey, we heard Jesus Christ gonna be here, you know, on July 19th, you know, 19, you know, 99, you know, uh, uh, December 31st, right, right, right before Y2K. Oh, Jesus Christ is gonna come. And people huddled up, they sell all their stuff and, you know, quit their jobs and everything. Some, y'all remember that? Some of y'all remember that? I mean, that's gone in the last couple years. People are going to slap crazy trying to predict stuff like that. All right? But it's, he's not coming until we restore. Okay? So, this grace is on us to handle it. Everybody say to handle it. Remember, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, when Paul had give, talked about his vision of paradise and so forth. And then he goes on and talks about uh, because of the abundance of revelation, there was given to me, thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to buffet me about. Remember that? So people talk about, you know, uh, Paul had these issues and God was trying to do this. No, but he said it was messenger from Satan, right? So Satan sent it. Why? Because he had an abundance of revelation. Uh, Paul knew too much. So some of y'all, oh, I praise God for revelation. Okay. Okay. You're going to be tried in the fire because you know enough. You know a lot. Okay. So then the Bible says, Paul said, I sought the Lord thrice, three times, for him to take this thorn away from me. And the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. The Lord never told him no. Did he? Not one time. 
Not the second time, not the last time. He never told him no. He only told him, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, religious preachers will preach it this way. What it meant is, this is what, this is what they say. This is not what I say. This is what they say. That what, what the Lord meant for him was, with all your mess, I'm going to give you grace just to deal with it. So, Paul, when everything's falling apart, you can still be happy. Paul, when you lose all your eyesight, everything just, you'll still just be happy. Paul, when everything, when you throw it in prison, you can just still be happy. Paul, when you're about to lose your life, you'll still be happy. And that's not at all what God meant. When God said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, he said, that grace is my power, my ability, my strength is sufficient, which sufficient means it's enough. So that's why God never, never said no and he never said yes. What he said was, you handle it. I, I better tell your neighbor you handle it he said my grace I've given you enough power for you to handle it it'll be the, the equivalent if I if I handed handed my wife my my just my whole clip just say it but but it's got you know credit cards and all that kind of stuff in there and she she's at the mall or she's somewhere and she's like oh John uh, I ran out of cash I don't have a, I don't have you know can you come to the mall and and you know you know finish this purchase for me and I say my card is sufficient for you. I don't have to come. You have my card, which means you have my strength, my ability, my power. You got it? So this grace, give me that back. So this grace, <laughs> I'm just playing. So this grace that comes on our lives is for us to be able to handle things. I mean, you can look at that in the world and say, boy, it's bad out there, boy. Handle it. It's bad out there. Man, the kind of stuff. I mean, last week, I think there were five murder suicides right in this little area here. You, I mean, you see kind of stuff that's happening out here. You'll be like, boy, you know, the church, people in the church be like, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Get us out of here, Lord. Get us out of here. No! Handle it! That's what he talked about in Psalm 82. Have not I called you gods? Are you not gods? Lowercase G-O-D-S. In other words, I've already given you some power and strength and ability to handle these things. That's why you're there. Matter of fact, look at Psalm 82. Uh, Give me verse uh, 4. Let's try verse 4. Same same chapter there, same psalm. Uh, let me go. Let's go up a little bit. Three. Let's see if I can find it. Verse two. There it is. Verse two. This is what God is saying. He, he's looking. He's talking to his, to his people and saying, "Okay, you look around your world, see what's going on, right?" He says, "How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked?" In other words, how how long are you gonna let the wicked keep running things? You having your little prayer meetings, but how long are you gonna let the little let the wicked keep running things out there? How long are you going to let people keep getting, you know, kids get abducted? How long are you going to let that stuff happen? Say law. Think about that. Verse, verse three. Defend the poor and the fatherless. I wish the government would do. No, he didn't know you. I, will, I want to give you strength. Psalm 84 verse 11. Enough strength, financial strength to handle it. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. 
Verse four, deliver the poor and needy, free them from the hand of the wicked. So you and I have a deliverance ministry to get people out of poverty and get people out of debt. All right, you and I have a, a deliverance ministry to get people out of poverty and get people out of debt. That's on, that, I'm talking about that kind of anointing is on your life. Y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get out of debt myself. That's the problem. You're still thinking about just yourself. The, I, I told you Sunday, if you go with the greater, the less will swallow up in the greater. If you go with the purpose and the assignment of God in your life, then he'll, he'll wipe your little mess out in a minute. So you now can do the real assignment on your life. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's what God did for us. I'm talking about the church and God did it for my wife and I personally. To get us out of debt, get us out of financial bondage so we could be a blessing to people. We could help people. I was thanking God the other day. We found, we've given away now our fourth car. So our, our fourth, this, I'm, pray, I'm saying praise the Lord. Yeah, fourth one. The last one we bought just for the purpose of sowing. We've done it now, praise God. We got about a hundred more to go. But God will do it. We want to bless people. So he's going to bless us to bless people. <laughs> well, I feel good about that. Praise our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I'm blessed. Praise God. Verse 5, verse 5. They do not know, nor do they understand. This is talking about us, the people of God. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. Verse 6. I said you are gods. This is God talking to his people. I, God said. This is, this is, see, this, let me just pause here. This was all, all of our cousins going around trying to find. All our cousins going all up in the trap. Trying to figure out how, you know, we the, we the five percenters and, and we the black Hebrew Israelites and all that kind of stuff. And we the, we the whatever, whatever, because, you know, the black man, we is God. Hey, God, can you, can you pay your child support, please? That's what I'm going to say, God, could you please pay your child support? You don't like that, do you, God? I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Can I get a what? What? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God, could you, could you handle your bills, please, God? <laughs> See, but they're 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 trying through human wisdom, demonic wisdom, trying to become something God has already made us. All of us. He said, I said, you are God's, and all of you are children of the Most High. Talking to his people. His people. Verse 7, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. In other words, if you don't walk in your Godship, in your God-given God authority, if you don't walk and access this grace, because remember, grace is actually God's ability. If you don't walk in, in God's actual ability, then you'll die, you'll suffer just like the rest of the world. All right, all right, all right. Tell your cousin the trap. Tell him go and come out the trap. Come out the trap. Come out the trap. Stop listening to all that foolishness. 
God shouldn't be going to jail for no child support. That's God, you got your license suspended again, God? <laughs> Help me out. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So my grace is my strength. That's what he's saying. His grace is his strength. Glory to God. And that's what's available to us. That's what's on us. This grace is coming on us in a greater dimension than we've ever known. In other words, you're going to find yourself walking around like, like, like uh, superheroes. Kirkland, you know, I'm going to talk to you. You're going walk, to be walking around like superheroes. You understand? If, have y'all ever experienced laying hands on somebody and they get healed? I know I have, and it's, it's fun. You want to know what's really fun? Casting out a devil. Cast out a devil. <laughs> that is fun. I've cast out a few devils. <laughs> That's fun. Because the devil always think he got you on the ropes. He's going to talk back. Oh, I know you. Yeah, you, I know you know me. You be you be, be concerned the devil don't know you. That's when you get concerned if he don't know you. Remember he said, Jesus, I know Paul, I know. Who are you? See, if, if he don't know you, then you need to be concerned. But if the devil say, I know who you are, good, come on out of here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say purpose and grace. grace. Alright, so God has a purpose for your life and so with that purpose he brings about grace for our lives. So we talked about a couple Sundays ago the sweatless anointing. That's grace. That's God's ability. It's strength coming up upon us. Okay, so that grace is available to you or I should say the grace that is available to you is connected to your purpose. You have that. The grace that is available to you is connected to your purpose. It comes to bring out what God has placed inside you. You're hearing that? So the grace comes on you, is connected to, it is for the sake of your, your purpose. In other words, grace comes with a purpose. Uh, okay, let me, let, me, let me give a different word we like to use in, in modern church. Anointing. People all like to say, ooh, I want to be anointed. For what? See, anointing doesn't come for nothing. Anointing is the anointing. It's the grace. It's the, it's the power of God. It's burden removing your strong power of God. So he's not going to anoint you just for you to get goosebumps. Ooh, I felt good. You can feel good if somebody hit the right chord on a Hammond B3.
Some of y'all remember, yes, Lord. Praise him. You know how some of y'all felt a few minutes ago we were talking about, hey, Charles. Y'all felt goosebumps. But anointing comes for a purpose. Grace comes for a purpose. It comes for us to fulfill our assignment. Clark Kent didn't just walk around with the Superman outfit on. He put the outfit on for a purpose. Come on, you hear what I'm saying to you? So God's not, not going to put your cape on you just to strut around the office and say, hey, how y'all doing? Are you hearing me? But in this season, he's releasing a grace that is going to now rest on you. Because you're going to start, this, if you catch what we're teaching, you're going to start living out your purpose every day. And when you decide to live out your purpose every day, now a grace is going to rest on your life. And when grace rests on, watch this, boy, this is good right here. Thank you, Lord. When that grace rests on your life, it's with you everywhere you go. So even when you're in the store, the grace is on you. Yes, When you're at home and you're raising your kids, the grace is on you. It's grace. It's an ability. It's the strength and power of God that comes in your life. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? All right, now, <clears throat> go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 again, verse 8. We kind of got stuck here Sunday and the Holy Ghost took us off on some, somewhere else. He knows what he's talking about, though. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Therefore, verse 8, do, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the what? Power. The power of God. Okay? Who has saved us? God has saved us. And this is where we got stuck Sunday, right? Because people get satisfied, I'm saved, praise the Lord. But he did more than save you. He called you. So people want to tell you about what church they go to and, you know, what church their mama's part of and all that kind of stuff. Hey, are you saved? And, you know, are you born again? Well, you know, I, I, so on and so forth. No, the better question to start asking people, if you want to really get to the nitty gritty, is ask them, what's your calling? What has God called you to? Because are you saved? That's kind of an easy, you know, easy answer. But what has God called you to? Because that's the bigger question. That's the bigger question. What has he called you to? So in other words, if you see me, uh, I show up uh, one day in a, um, uh, if I show up in a Buccaneers uniform, head to toe. Am I right about it? Oh, I, I still got some people on, on, the, on the bandwagon with me, don't I? Because there's a lot more seats cleared out now. I don't know. It was packed. The bandwagon is packed. Now there's a few more seats available. I ain't no bandwagon fan. I'm a, from the original, from 1976. Buccaneers fan. And um, orange and white crushed. Orange crushed there. And, uh, but if I showed up in, in a Buccaneers uniform, well, with a helmet, I mean, and you know I'm on a team. So define I'm on a team. But you're gonna, what the next question you're going to ask me is what? What position do I play? You want to know what do I do? Not enough that I'm on the team. That's important to know. Not enough to just be on a team. What position do I play? What's my role? What's my assignment? <laughs> I 
I don't mind being a kicker. If they're going to pay me to be a kicker, I'll be a kicker in the NFL. I mean, it's part-time. Think about it. That's the best part-time job you can have right there is a kicker in the NFL. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I kick the ball. Y'all going to go get it? You do it. That's a good job. Right, they're going to get it and bring it back to me every time. This is, this is sweet. Right? So, who has saved us, come on y'all, and called us with what? A holy calling, not according to our works. Watch this. But according to his own purpose and grace. So our calling is according to God's purpose. So whatever God has purpose, because he's the head coach. So whatever he has purpose, he calls you and me specifically to an assignment, to a position within that purpose. Got it? Okay, so he's called me not according to my, to, our, to my work, I'm making it personal, but according to his own purpose and grace. So along with that purpose, he is also uh, giving me a grace. My grace is so that I can fulfill the purpose. Now watch. If all of us have a different purpose, we could all have different purposes. Some of us have, might have the same purpose. But if we all have various purposes, then there also must be various graces. The Bible calls it the manifold grace of God. So there's various graces, and those graces fit your purpose. So the grace on me, now it's the same grace, you understand, it's the same source, it's the same power and ability, but how it manifests will be different on me based on my purpose. But my purpose is no greater than your purpose. All right, let's say I'm the quarterback on the team. No, let's, let's, let's say Deacon Max is the quarterback, I don't want to be the quarterback, not in this scenario right here. Deacon Mack is the quarterback on the team, right? And he's going to step back, and he's going to throw the ball, you know. He's, he, but I'm one of, the, one of the offensive linemen. I'm one of those left, left guard or left tackle, right? In other words, I'm on his blind side. Y'all follow what I'm saying to you? Hiking the ball, there's guys on the left and the right of the ball to guard the quarterback. That's their job, guard the quarterback. Don't, don't let him even get a scratch. Right? So I'm that, I'm that left guard or left tackle, and well, he's making the big bucks. He's the one everybody knows his face. That's Deacon Mac. Look at Mac. Mac coming down. Mac the knife. Right? But if I don't do my job, if I don't fulfill my purpose, he won't have a, a long career at all. That's Joe Theismann. Career ended because the guy who had the assignment of guarding him misses, that, that's where the whole blindside movie comes from. Misses tackle. Lawrence Taylor took him out. Oh, you follow what I'm saying? So, so we all have a different, it's the same grace, the same ability of God, but the manifestation is different on each and every one of us for our particular purpose. But my purpose is no greater than your purpose. 
Please hear what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. Your purpose is no greater or no lesser than anybody else's purpose. Because if we miss our assignment, somebody's going to get hurt. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So God does not have any extras in his movie. If you're, if you may, if you're on God's set, it's because you're supposed to be there. You have a leading role in God's movie. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You're not just, you're not just here this past time and you know I'm just, I'm just helping out around here every once in a while. No, you're just helping out. Just helping out. No, there's a purpose on your life. God has an assignment on your life and the only problem is most of us in the body of Christ have never found out what we're here for. Never, most of us were never even taught that we have a purpose or a reason to be here. We were just taught just be a good Christian, you know, come to church, you know, a couple of times a week, you know, bring your tithes and offerings because, you know, we got to pay for, the, for everything and, you know, praise the Lord. Good Christian. Good Christian. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That means you, this little light of mine. Remember he used to sing that? This little light of mine. <laughs> I messed y'all up. Y'all said mine. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, I have a purpose. Say, I'm not just saved, but I'm called. Say like you mean, I'm not just saved. Say, there's a calling on my life. Say, I'm important to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we need God, yes, but God needs you. That's why he made you. He needs you. He wants to lavish his love and abundance on you, but he also needs you to work out in, in his plan. We're part of the restoration generation. Praise the Lord. All right, now let's keep going here. Let's keep going. Okay, so, so we're called according to, not according to our own works, our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Watch this. Which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Oh. So this, our purpose was before time began. Now, if you weren't here before time began, that means that purpose must have come before you. Y'all missed it. That means purpose must have come before you. Here's a saying that we say this in the, in the secular world. Necessity is the mother of all invention. Anybody ever heard that? Necessity is the mother of all invention. The reason products and uh, things are invented is because someone sees a need that's not met and they, they invent that thing to meet that need. Necessity is the mother of all invention. Necessity is why you're here. Okay, let me go back and try to help you understand. So, so before that inventor manufactured the thing, he already or she already had the purpose in mind. Come over here. He already had the, or she already had the purpose in mind. Then they created the thing. They didn't create the thing and say, let me figure out what I can do with this thing. Oh, Jesus, this is, oh God, this is so good. 
You're here on purpose. Your purpose was on your life before God even invented you. Before he created you. Go, go to Jeremiah chapter 1. See, in the body of Christ, we, we still have this mindset like, like we slipped into the earth, you know, because my mama met my daddy and, they, you know, they weren't really together and I'm, I'm here. I don't really know why I'm here, you know, but, you know, God, if you, can, if you can use me, you know, use me. If you can use me, that's the whole reason why I'm here. He's not trying to figure out how he can use you. to figure out, okay, oh, they got saved, and I see. I can use them. Before you got saved, before your mama met your daddy, God already had a purpose for your life. <laughs> Woo! Remember Apostle Paul? Yes. First, we first met him as Saul. Yes. Well, you know, Saul was a, you know, he was a, a humdinger kind of a fellow. I mean, he was, he was out there, man. He was, well, none to be played with. He was gangster. Paul was straight gangster. Like, no, no gangster they want to deal with Paul. He was straight thug. Right? OG. Right up in the church house and just snatch about the church house. What? The bust of usher in the eye. Bam! Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> right? I mean, we're talking about Paul, right? Saul. Well, listen. Oh, Jesus, this is going to help somebody. When, when he got saved, it wasn't even his idea. Um, thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't see that. It wasn't even his idea. He didn't fall on his knees like, Lord, I'm so sorry for all this stuff I've been doing. I'm, I'm in a mess. No, it wasn't even his idea. God knocked him off his beast. He looked up, called out to God, hey, Lord, what, what are you? And the Lord said, hey, long story short, I got a plan for you. Because this question that, Paul, that Saul asked him, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Jesus. That, that, Y'all missed that. That was the question. That was Saul's question to God. Not what church should I go to? Lord, he just because this was, he knew this wasn't his idea. God got a hold of him. And he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? And God didn't say, oh, what have you, let me, give me a couple days, Paul. Let me think of something. Let me, let me figure out what I have you. You're a good man. I think I can, give me a couple days. Let me, let me pray about it. Who was God going to pray to? Who was God going to talk to? No. He said, he, he told him, he told him go to Ananias' house. Then, then he had to go to Ananias and square it up with Ananias. Hey, listen, Ananias, I got this guy coming over to the house. Who? Saul? God? No, 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 no. It's going to be all right. I have chosen him. 
He said, he said, no, Ananias is going to be cool. He, in fact, his words were, he is a chosen vessel unto me. Chosen? You mean once he got saved, he got chosen? Wrong! Before he was born, he was chosen. That's why when Saul got saved, God didn't say, okay, now Saul, you got to change your personality and all that kind of stuff. He took that same rambunctious, outspoken, hard thug person and made him a holy rolling thug. He became a holy thug. What? You gonna beat me? Beat me. You gonna put me in prison? I'm gonna praise God in prison. He was a thug for God. See, because God, God, oh Jesus. I, I wanna show you this here if I can get to it. See, God, God, God programmed him before he was born with everything that he needed. All he needed to do was, was, was for him to answer the call. God had been calling Saul a long time, Saul. Saul. Saul, Saul, he wouldn't listen to him, so he finally said, bam, get out. So, hey, Lord. Once Saul answered the call, now God released this grace on him to fulfill his purpose and his assignment. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I'm telling you, you don't know how big an assignment God has in your life, but he knew you before you were born. He knew you before your mama met your daddy. He didn't wait on you to get saved. He didn't wait on you to come here to figure it out. No, he already knew and he planned you and he already put stuff in you. Everything you need that you need, he put on the inside of you. Before time began. Before time began. Before time began. Before time began, ladies and gentlemen. You're not an accident. I don't care. I don't care. Well, you know the thing slipped. No, you wasn't no accident. <laughs> God know how to make things slip. God know how to make things. You know, I, I, need, I need to get them in the earth. Can I just give y'all a biological lesson? When a man loves a woman and they have an intimacy, that man releases thousands and thousands and thousands of, of uh, seeds. But somehow God has one. That one right there. And he puts grace, power, strength, and ability on that one to swim up that canal and make that right connection. Bam! Got him there. That's the beginning of you. Before time began. Are y'all in Jeremiah 1? Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4, Jeremiah 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, What did he say? Before I formed you in the womb. Before I formed you in the womb. Before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. That's an intimate knowing. I knew you inside and out. I wonderfully and fearfully made you. I knew you. God, not, he's not just saying, I knew you like, oh, yeah, I, I know joy. You know, he knew you. I know you. I made you. I put something on the inside of you. Come on, sir. I knew you. I planned, I planned your height. 
I plan the color of your skin. That's why I keep telling y'all, don't be trying to be white. And if you're white, don't be trying to be black. Be the, be the one that God made you to be. Don't be bleaching your skin. Trying to be, I'm trying to be lighter. No, you weren't meant to be lighter. If you wanted to be lighter, he would have made you lighter. He needed your chocolate behind and your chocolate skin because there's going to be people that he needs you to reach that only going to relate to chocolate people. Now, I'm not mad at all the caramel folk. We got caramel folk and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm, I'm not I'm saying. No, God's he made you like that for a reason. So before I, before I, before you were born, what? Before you were born, God, y'all missing this here. No, you're getting it. You're getting it. You're getting it, right? I know before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So God didn't wait on Jeremiah to discover God before he had already put purpose on him. And most walking the body of Christ think they'll be saved and then 20 years, well, I'm still waiting to find out what God wants to do in my life. Man, you are 20 years behind because God knew can I tell you something? He already had you planned out when you were in the club. He planned, he had you planned, he had you, he had you covered. Some of y'all can't figure out how you got across the Howard Franklin. How in the world did you get across the Howard Franklin? Now, I was never in the club. I was never in the club. But I remember, boy, sometimes I was out late and uh, traveling like miles. When I say miles, I mean like uh, a few hundred miles for the sake of a girl. Ain't he all right? And I remember, man, there are times I drove between here and I ain't going to call a city because y'all be trying to guess who he said. Here in other cities, but praise the Lord. And I, man, and, and, and I can't tell you how I got back and forth to St. Pete. You was drunk? No, I wasn't drunk. I was asleep. I was tired. But I was, I was so whooped. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Either I had to get there or I had to get back. I had to get back, boy. See my girl. And I can't tell you how I got back and forth. But God had a plan. Now he knew if I had that kind of determination. He didn't, when I get when I got saved, he didn't say, well, you gotta lose that kind of determination. No, I'm gonna use that same determination. You remember, remember Peter? Peter was a hothead, wasn't he? Peter, or just impetuous Peter, just just quick-tempered Peter. Peter, Peter tried. He tried to stand up to Jesus. 
Jesus said, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to the cross. You ain't going to the cross doing no such thing. Jesus had to say, get behind me, Satan. What? What? Call me Satan? What? What? Peter was so bad when Jesus Christ was there in the Garden of, of Gethsemane. When those guys came, they're, they're going to take Jesus Christ. Peter said, you better do. Pull this sword out. Cut off. This is powerful. Cut off the man's ear and left him, left him standing there. That's the butcher if I've ever seen one. That man cut the man's ear off. That's sharp. That's precision right there. So, now he gets saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. It's that same wild, impetuous, bold out front Peter. When they come out there, they feel the Holy Ghost. They say, hey, these people, they all drunk. He's somebody that, Bob, he said, these ain't drunk as you suppose. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. He began to preach, and 3,000 souls got saved of that, of that, of that slice of man. about this whole thing about what God does. Isn't it interesting when Jesus Christ comes down, he finds Peter and James and John and all these guys on the boat and they catch the fish. They're fishermen and he said to them, follow me and I'm going to make you plumbers. What did he say? Follow me I'm going to make you fishers of men. He went to guys who were already fishermen. They understand fishing. So now that they're saved, they're just going to be fishermen on a different level. See, before you were born, ladies and gentlemen, before you were formed, he called you, he ordained you, he sanctified you to be whatever, whatever that you're going to be. I'm trying, I'm trying. Are y'all getting anything out of this here? So everybody say, I'm saved. And I'm called. Glory to God. So this grace... Was, was, was before time, watch this, before time for an appointed time. Did you catch that? The purpose and the grace is given before time, but for an appointed time. And this is what this word for this season is. The time has come for God's purpose and the assignment and the plan upon your life to begin to manifest and begin to move in the full swing. Oh, well, Pastor, what am I gonna do about it? I've been believing God for a car. You ain't got nothing to worry about the car. Because when you move into this assignment on your life, it's gonna require more than one car. See, and once you really become a soldier in the army of the Lord, I'm a soldier, y'all remember that? In the army. See, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask, I got, got a couple retired uh, U.S. Army guys in here. Glenn, Brother Dwight. When you guys went to the Army, right? I don't know how the Navy works, so I won't ask Tyrone. I'm, I'm asking the Army. You just ask the Army guys. Navy is probably different. 
Maybe it's got to be different because he, he turned out kind of different than the other guys. <clears throat> but, but I'm asking Glenn and Dwight, when you guys went to the army and they said, okay, we're going to station you and uh, we're going to send you to, let's say, Fort Benning. You know, I know about Fort Benning, Georgia. Okay, you, did you have to find your own transportation? No, why? Because you're on assignment. They got to get you there. I'm a soldier. In the army of the Lord. We just say, I'm a sanctified soldier in the army of the Lord. Well, sanctified soldier, he'll provide all your uniforms. He provides all your transportation. He provides all your housing. He provides all your meals. There's nothing you got to think about but just serving in the army. And this is the big deal God's trying to get us to understand. If we would shift our mindset off of our little small little, and I know to you they, they may be big. I don't mean to, to minimize what you're talk, talking about. But I'm saying, if we, if we, if we would shift to, okay, what's, what's the bigger deal? What's the bigger issue? It's if I seek first God's kingdom, Matthew 6, 33. If I seek first his kingdom, oh, Jesus. Who there's anointing on that. If I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added. That's it right there. I don't need to think about the things. Shift. Everybody say shift. So I shift from things to kingdom to the assignment, to the purpose of my life because when I do that and I find myself in that place, <clears throat> go to Isaiah 40, 44 because, because purpose, this, this, I, I'll probably just teach this, this, this will be it for tonight. Purpose draws provision. Or I can say it this way, provision follows purpose. Isaiah 44, remember now, whatever, whatever is God's appointed thing, his predetermined thing is for an appointed time. So his purpose is for a time. Isaiah 44, you're there. Let me, let me get there here. Verse 24, I'm going to start there. Oh, Jesus. It says, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord. Who makes what? All. all things. Who stretches out the heavens all alone. Who spreads abroad the earth by myself. Who frustrates the signs of the babblers, the foolish talkers. And drives diviners, the ones who, who, who prognosticate. They think they can interpret all that kind of stuff. I drive them mad. Who turns wise men backward. And makes their knowledge foolishness. That's what God is doing right now in this system out here. In his world system, he's, he's frustrating their whole system. Everything, everything that they thought would work, all their wisdom, he's frustrating it. Now watch. Verse 26, this is what he does. Who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers. Now watch this. Who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited to the cities of Judah, you shall be built. 
Okay? What did he say? You shall be built. All right. And I will raise up her waste places. So God's talking about something being restored. Got it? Verse 27. Oh, this is going to get gooder. Who says to the deep, be dry. And I will dry up your rivers. Watch verse 28. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. And he shall perform all my pleasure. Now he says of who again? So keep Cyrus in mind. Saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built. We just saw that, right? In verse, four, verse 26. So he's talking now about Cyrus. He's talking about Cyrus, but he's not talking to Cyrus. He's talking about Cyrus. He sent and then sent to Jerusalem, you shall be built. Because that's God's pleasure. Okay, so all right, what's God's agenda right here? To rebuild Jerusalem. To restore. What's God's agenda right now in this time? To re restore the whole earth. To restore the kingdom. Got it? Okay. So he says, I got to use Cyrus though. He says, into the temple your foundation shall be laid. Ver chapter 45 now. Verse 1. Thus says the Lord to his. Now we just read earlier, he's his shepherd. Now he's saying he's his anointed. To Cyrus. Whose right hand I have held, I have held, ha, ha, have is past tense, right? Right hand I have held, past tense, to subdue nations before him and to loose and loose the arm of kings to open before him the double doors so that gates will not be shut. Now stop. Now chapter 44, verse 28 says Cyrus, my shepherd. Chapter 45, verse 1 says Cyrus, his anointed. Now remember, what's God's agenda right here? Rebuild or to restore. Okay? We know specifically in this verse, Jerusalem. So he says, now I've got this guy named Cyrus. Now the interesting thing about this, if you know anything about how this is laid out, he's talking about Cyrus. Chris, you got this? Oh, it's two Chris's here. Okay. Both Chris, y'all got this? Okay. But Cyrus is not present right here. He's not off on vacation somewhere. He's not born. This word is spoken about 400 years before Cyrus is even born. But he's talking about Cyrus as if he's standing right there. Come on. Come on. Y'all didn't catch y'all didn't catch that. He's talking about Cyrus as if he's standing right there. But it's some 400 years before Cyrus is even born. He's speaking a word over Cyrus's life about, about his own agenda. So he says, I'm going to raise up a guy named Cyrus who I'm going to use him to accomplish my pleasure, to get my will done. And Cyrus, his, Cyrus' daddy don't know his mama. Cyrus's granddaddy don't know his grandma. 400 years before Cyrus ever shows up on the planet and God has already spoken a prophetic word over his life. Now remember, what, what is God's agenda here again? To restore. Drop down to verse 9, please. Verse 9. Verse 9. Woe to him who strives with his maker. Let the pot church strive. In fact, do this. Give me verse 9 and 10 in the Living Bible, please. Verse 9 and 10 in the Living Bible. This is, this is a read, read a little different. I want to see this here. 
I want you to see this. It says, woe to the man who fights with his creator. Does the pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with him who forms it, saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Or the pot exclaim, how clumsy you can be? He's talking about, why, why would you argue with me about how I made you? I've made you for my purpose. I've made you with my pleasure in mind. Verse 10. Woe to the baby just being born who squalls to his father and mother. Why have you produced me? Can't you do anything right at all? So we should never be arguing with God about, well, God, why did you have to make me here and put me here? And why did you make me? I, I wish I was this and I wish I was that. No, God made you what he needs you to be for his purpose. Got it? Okay, go back to the New King James Version. I'm almost finished, y'all. Watch this. Verse, let's go right to verse 13. Now, who are we talking about again? Cyrus. Everybody say it again. Cyrus. What's God's uh, plan? Now, watch verse 13. Now, remember, Cyrus isn't here. I have. Cyrus ain't even born, y'all. He said, I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways. Watch this. He shall build my city and let my exiles go free and not for a check. Not trying to gain political clout. This is not for price. Nobody's going to bribe him. Not for reward, says the Lord of financial transactions. That's what host means. Okay, now, what's God's purpose again? Rebuild, restore. So he, has, he said, I'm going to raise up this guy named who? Cyrus. And Cyrus is going to do what? Rebuild, restore. And he's going to do it not for, go back to verse, uh, uh, I'm sorry, you were there. Not for price or no reward. Which means if Cyrus is coming to fulfill my purpose, I have to give him provision. Right? Okay, let's go back to the same chapter. Go back to verse 1. Go back to verse 1. Now you know how it is. Verse 1, I, I raise up Cyrus, my anointed. Verse 2, I will go before you. He's talking about Cyrus who's not here. I will go before you, make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. In other words, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, uh, open the doors of these, all these kingdoms for you and, and I'm, going, I'm going to give you this provision. Watch what he says in verse 3. Oh, God, watch this. I will give you, Cyrus, my anointed, my shepherd, the one who's going to rebuild, the treasures, come on, of darkness and of secret places. God said, I'm going to make you rich, Cyrus. I'm going to give you abundant provision so that you may know that I, the Lord, who, who what? Call you by name am the God of Israel. So I'm going to explode you with wealth because I have this purpose I'm trying to fulfill. Boy, I wish I had people excited about this. So if God gives you a purpose, which he already has before time began, 
then he's going to also make sure you have the provision. But the provision can't be released until you yield to his purpose. And when you and I begin to walk in God's purpose, here comes the money. Oh, Jesus, y'all missed that. I said when you begin to walk in your assignment, walk in your purpose, I said here comes the money. Because the money always follows the assignment. The money always follows the mission. The money always follows the purpose. Can I prove it to you one more time? Luke chapter 8. Last one. Last one. Luke chapter 8. Did Jesus Christ come in with a purpose? Did Jesus Christ come in with a purpose? Luke chapter 8 verse 1. Now it came to pass afterward that he, Jesus, went through every city and village trying to figure out how he going to pay for a house. Trying to figure out how he going to buy the next bins. No! He ain't got to figure that out. He's doing what a God told him to do. He went out every city and village preaching, come on, and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. So not only, not only, oh God, thank you, Lord. If it's a real visit and purpose from God, it's bigger than just you. So he's also employed twelve people. Verse two, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits. And infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. Verse 3. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. Provision followed his purpose. When you get into God's purpose for your life and look way beyond just you, thank God for help having us deal with covetousness. Because it's bigger than just you. Once you and I get into God's purpose for our lives, here comes the money. Tell your neighbor, here comes the money. Oh, say it again. Here comes the money. You might have to find somebody else. Tell them, here comes the money. I know I'm saved. I know I'm called. I know I have a purpose. Here comes the money. God doesn't need us struggling going after money. You get in trouble going after money. Paul, Paul told Timothy, he said, listen, man of God, you flee all these things, pursue righteousness. Don't, don't, don't go chasing all the money and stuff. You pursue righteousness. In other words, son, you just take care of that. The money's going to come to you. One last place. Let me, let me just show you one more. This is, this is, okay. It's nine o'clock. Lord have mercy. Okay, this is, this is the last, I promise this is the last one. Um, let me figure out where it is. Second Kings 4. Y'all don't believe me, do you? It's okay. This is the last one. Because um, I'm hungry. Second Kings chapter 4. I'm just, I'm just saying. 2 Kings 4 verse 8. Watch this. Watch this. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a what? And she persuaded him to eat some food. In, in the Senate Colonel reference it says she laid hold of him and persuaded him to eat some food. Persuaded him to eat some food. So it was often, it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Now, 
Okay, first side of this is the man of God is doing what God's telling him to do. He's going about as a circuit on a circuit, as a, as a prophet, and he's going wherever God tells him to go. And he's not having to go and stay at the Holiday Inn, see if anybody got, you know, a, you know, a motel room, you know, somebody left the light on for him. No, no, no. God, because he's in his assignment, God had a woman, this is what we just read in Luke 8, had a woman ready for him who took care of him. Always had food, always had somebody, someplace to come in and relax. Then it says, verse 9, she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly, regular, all the time. Let us make a room, verse 10, upper room on the wall. Let us put up a, a, a bed for him there. He ain't got to think about a bed, a table, a chair, a lampstand. So will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Why? He's doing God's assignment, his purpose for his life. And so he don't have to think about that. God's making sure this woman is taking care of him. Okay, now everybody say flip side. Now the flip side of this is this woman is fulfilling her calling. <laughs> There's a call on her life. Where did she get this, this, this mind to take care of this man of God? There's a calling, a purpose on her life that came from God. So because God put that purpose on her, that's why your Bible, go back to verse 8, it calls her a great woman. You read other translations, a rich woman. She's running a huge empire. Am I right about this? It doesn't mention about her husband running this. Her husband out there working in the field. This is this woman's empire. This was her idea. It was, it was purpose in her heart to supply the needs for this man of God. And so God had to make her rich. Oh, y'all see what I'm saying to you? See, all the point I'm saying to you is, no matter what, see, see I'm, I'm, I'm saying this for some of the business owners out here. You got, you got, you know, you're thinking about enterprise and doing entrepreneurship and stuff like that. Well, when you get in your heart, you're going to be a paymaster of the gospel. When you get into your heart, you're going to be a paymaster of the gospel. That is part of your assignment to make sure the gospel goes all over the world, whether you're funding television, whatever you're doing, you're feeding the poor, you're clothing the naked, you're building orphanages, whatever that is that God has put in your heart. When you have that and you carry that out, then he is, he is allow this, obligated to make you so rich because this was not your idea. He planted this idea in you. He planted this purpose in you before, before time began. So, this woman wasn't... She, she didn't take care of the man of God because she was rich. She was rich. Y'all saying it. Okay, that's pretty good. She was rich because she took care of the man. But let's, let's, let's modify it. She was rich to take care of the man. Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get y'all to see that. So whatever your assignment is, whether it's in business, whether it's in, it's in the education field, whether it's in arts and entertainment, whatever, whatever, whatever mountain of influence God has called you in, you got to see that it's, you're, it's more than a job. It's, it's an assignment 
In fact, he wants to take you beyond a job. He wants to take you into ownership, dominion, and rule in those areas so you can fulfill whatever he's called you to do. Some of you, God will make your business so rich, so prosperous, so that you'll be free to minister. Isn't that what Isaiah 61? Uh, Isaiah 61, I think, is verse 7. Give me Isaiah 61, verse 7. Uh, verse 6. Is it 6? Yes. Verse 6. I got to add verse 5 to it so you'll see it. Verse 5. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigner shall be your, your plowmen and your vinders. That means somebody else is going to be running your business for you. Why? Verse five, 6. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. So God will bless your business beyond just you working it. He'll have where you got 500 employees, 1,000 employees, 10,000 employees, and levels of management such that all you got to do is check in on Monday. And Tuesday, you over in Haiti preaching. I'm talking about when you get your purpose and your assignment from God, he's got to bless you. So grace for your purpose. Everybody say, I have been saved. I have been called. I have an assignment on my life. And it's been on me before I was born, before I got saved. But from this day forward, I look forward to fulfilling the assignment on my life. Here comes the money. Say it loud. Here comes the money. Come on, get on your feet and give God a great hand of praise tonight if you receive that word. Tell your neighbor, that's your word. That's your word. Go ahead and tell somebody else, that's my word tonight. That's my word. That's my word. That's my word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, if this is the word God has given in this season, he's going to make crystal clear to you what your purpose is. He's not going to say all this stuff and then leave you hanging. Well, I don't know what my He's going to tell you clearly. As a matter of fact, he's probably already had you practicing it. He's probably already had you, you know, just getting your feet wet a little bit in it. <laughs> and he's waiting for you to get the boldness and the holy audacity to go whole hog in it. Whole hog. I like a whole hog. It's, it's nice buying bacon and ham at the store, but boy, if you can get your whole hog. Hallelujah. Grab hands with somebody next to you. Okay, come on. I'll take you. Come on. Yeah, come on. Amen. You are God's masterpiece. You are an intricate and integral piece in his whole plan. Okay? All the junk and the mess you've been through, it didn't kill you. 
it couldn't. Because the purpose was greater than the pain. The purpose was greater than all the pressure. The purpose was greater than all the problem. Thank you, Lord. That's what Paul said. We, and we maybe we'll get back to it in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, down there in verse 12. He said, yeah, I'm going through all this stuff here, but uh, I'm not ashamed because I know whom, in whom I believed. In other words, the reason I've not let all my problems overcome me is because I know whom I believe. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him Hallelujah. until that day. So I don't let the pressure and the pain and the storms of life. But we have them. Come on, we have them. Tell the truth. We have them. But as long as I keep my, my sight on a purpose for me, then I'm not, I'm not moved. None of these things move me. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, oh God, we thank you, I can't describe to you how much we love you, oh God, we love you so much. and appreciate you, Lord, and thank you for choosing us. You. you said not many wise are called, not many noble are called. You, know, you don't choose the mighty, but you've chosen even the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. You choose the, the base and the lowly things to confound the strong. God, I thank you that, God, you choose us. Maybe some of us were among the least likely to succeed. Maybe some of us were passed over for everything. The ones nobody thought would amount to anything. But God, your hand has been upon us all of our lives. And your plan is even being worked right now. Just you bringing us to this church, yes, to yes. this place tonight, you, is all part of your plan yes, yes, yes. for us to hear a word spoken in season at this time. Oh, how good it is. Now, Father, I pray that each person tonight would become very sensitive to you and your voice, your spirit, to learn, discover their purpose. We don't go all over the world chasing, seeking our, oh, what on earth am I here for? We don't go into some foreign mountain, sitting somewhere and doing all that kind of foolish things that the, that the world does, trying to figure out what we're here for. No, we sit with you. You're our creator. You made us. You formed us. So we ask you, what did you put in us? What did you, what did you want us to do? And we ask just like Saul asked, what would you have us to do? Tonight, Father, as you make it clear, we also access the grace we need yes, God. to begin to walk in what you've given us. Thank you, Father, that the grace begins to increase on our lives. And we'll begin to feel, <laughs> we'll begin to feel that strength, that power rising up in us for us to do things that we never thought before that we could do. Thank you. Thank you. That, that, Lord, that we can do all things through Christ, through the strength of the anointed one that strengthens us. Now, I pray that each person as we leave from this place that will leave fortified, yes, encouraged, edified, built up, charged up, and will go out into our purpose. Lord, we declare Hallelujah. it is our calling to fulfill. Our calling to fulfill. We will, we will fulfill what you've called us to do. Now be with us as we go to our homes, 
Bless us indeed. Enlarge our territory. Let your hand be upon us. Keep us from evil that will experience and cause no pain and no hurt to anyone. Thank you. Bring us back this weekend without the loss of one. Lord, we'll be mindful and careful to give you all the praise and glory and honor for it all belongs to you, our Lord and our Savior, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now give God a great hand of praise tonight. Let him